<laughs> it would be a wolf, but eh? Good evening, everyone. Welcome to your latest Wolves Fancast episode. I'm your host, Little Dan. On tonight's show, I've got with me Danny Rosamond, uh, Stu and Josh. Unless you've been living under a rock the last, uh, how long? It's not even 24 hours yet, is it? Uh, Wolves got uh, knocked out of the Carabao Cup last night by championship pace setters. Ipswich Town, 3-2 at Portman Road. Um, disastrous night on paper. In the big scheme of things, we never really needed a Carabao Cup run to distract us from the main objective of staying up this season. But we're going to talk about that match a little bit, but mostly on the tenure of Gary O'Neill so far and whether you think and we think Gary O'Neill is the man going forward to represent our, our club in the dugout. Danny, going to come to you first. Obviously, 3-2 away to, to Ipswich, 2-0 up after the sort of first 10 or 15 minutes. It, it looked plain sailing from there, but... Just give us your thoughts on on what occurred afterwards. Yeah, um, we looked like we were playing against a championship side that made 10 changes. Um, I think we'll get on to Gary O'Neill in a bit, which I've got some points to make. Um, I I think he's in game management. He struggles. I I think other teams can make slight changes. And I think players... Uh, some of these players need to start taking accountability. And that includes ones that are coming in that aren't playing much. Um, I'm fed up of seeing, and it's got to be within the club, a mentality. We concede one goal, whether we're playing Ipswich Reserves or we're playing Liverpool, and we look like we could concede seven. Uh, lack of leadership and accountability. And they're getting a bit fed up of it, to be honest. Yeah, mentality is a big thing. Gary O'Neill has mentioned it in, in, in a few of his post-match press conferences at the moment. Josh, coming to you for your, your thoughts on, on last night. Obviously, we spoke just before we came on live. Didn't even make it for um, Ipswich third goal. FIFA was uh, quickly put on. <laughs> you just knew what was coming there. You're like, you turn up, you're thinking this is plain sailing. Nice, easy win now. Game management. Under any other competent manager, you'd have got, com- you know, you'd have seen that game out, but I guess this is what happens when you have a PE teacher in charge, isn't it? you know, and you're playing the beast bet players and Johnny Otto not being good enough for us in the summer and he's playing it right centre off last night. It's it was just bound to happen, wasn't it, really, when we conceded one. We've gone two minutes into the show and PE teacher has landed. If you had PE teacher <laughs> on your walls, bingo, uh, you've won the house tonight. It was inevitable. That is that is the, the tag that is he is going. He is going to be lumbered with now, a bit like Terry Connor with clipboard Connor and all the other <laughs> useless. Dino was the other one that I used to call Saunders, but that didn't have the same ring to it. Stu, thanks for joining us tonight. Obviously, made the, the trip last night. Got in at two a.m. Was up at work for five a.m. this morning. You've had uh, a lot of time to digest it, but where's your where's your mentality at now with last night's performance and result? Well, you say digest. I mean, I, I was having a heart attack when I got back on the coach. I was so annoyed. I literally sit there with my cap over my face, kind of calming myself down because it was like a Looney Tunes cartoon. It was like beating out my out my skin. I was so angry. Um, but again, it was. I started to believe that was the problem. I thought, oh, maybe, maybe this is the one that turns the corner. We did it against Blackpool because they're two years, <laughs> two degrees lower than us. And against with our reserves playing their reserves again, that's got to be pointed out that they were Ipswich's reserves as well. Um, and the first 20 minutes, I thought it was brilliant. I thought, okay, fine. The Tommy Doyle looks good. Other Bueno settled in. And then, like Danny said, you let one in. And it's like, well, okay, we know what's going to happen now. And and it was like a completely different team. It just, it switches so quickly from being completely in control, completely dominant, looking dangerous on every attack to, oh, we can't. We've our lost. We've lost our legs now. Our legs have fell off our body. We can, we don't know what we're doing anymore. It, it's so weird. But it's once okay, fine. You can understand that happening against Liverpool. That was the second time. Third time, nah. There's your pattern. 
and again, Luton, we didn't even start properly, did we? So <laughs> this is going to come on to a higher thing after, but if we can't even deal with conceding a single goal, we've got no chance. Looking at that um, that lineup there, uh, Danny. Obviously, Santi Bueno made his debut. The uh, three Spaniards that uh, Stu mentioned and Josh mentioned, uh, Johnny Otto, uh, Hugo Bueno, and uh, and Pablo Sarabia. Um, I'll be giving my thoughts on Pablo Sarabia any minute now. But those sort of players that you look at on the bench, um, Enzo Gonzalez still hasn't featured. Um, Fabio Silva, I think, was expected to start last night. What, what sort of Changes would you have made to that starting eleven based on the fact that we've got Man City on the weekend? Uh, to be honest, I saw the starting lineup. You know, get minutes in the legs of the players, especially Santi Bueno, who hasn't played since May. Um, not a lot. That that should be a team that should be in. I know Ipswich are flying, but they're second eleven. Let's not forget we we got a lot of the first teamers on towards the end of the match as well, and still offered nothing. Um. Yeah, not a lot. I'll, I'll I'll start you off with Sarabia. Um, I have no idea where his bit of descent come from when he was substituted, because yet again he offered nothing. He's offered nothing since January. He somehow wangled his way into the leadership group, which probably ties into the mentality of the group as a whole. Um, I don't I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. Um, I mean. I just feel sorry for people like you who had to go and witness it. And that indirect free kick from the back pass from Sarabia, it's almost unforgivable. You know, we've all grown up and we've seen Batty due to absolutely lever it into the roof of the net from a similar position. And Sarabia is just, can't really be asked. And, and there's a lot of them. So I, I, it, was a, it was a chance for some of them to stake a claim, to be honest. And I don't think many did. Obviously, um, Huang didn't have his greatest performance at, at Luton on the weekend, but I was surprised to see him start. Josh, um, what what change would you, would you have made? Would you have wanted Enzo Gonzalez to have minutes last night like I would have done? I think it's hard to say because it's a, like it's a real fine knock. You want to play some of the first, you know, you want to be playing players like Bueno and things like that to really push them, be pushing for the first team. Maybe lots in Gonzalez, but I think you can't drop Huang because he's the only one who knows how to score. Or, you know, he's the only player he, he, he's scoring regularly, and that feels really rare to say about a Wolves player the past three years. He actually knows where the net is, so I've got no issue with him playing. It's just you look at he's playing probably the weakest two midfield he could have played. I mean, I, I just saw it, I said in like one of the groups that's for the game, like. That midfield just screens being overrun, and it did. Once the Hutchinson figured out, all oh, they're going to let me have the space in between the midfield and the centre halves. It was like that was it then. That's I think that's what changed the game because Hutchinson just ran off him every time, off both of them, and then throw away his like a walking yellow card. He's taken the safe roll into, uh, and he just looked like he was going to get a red. And he stayed. He time went for the ball. I was like shrieking, thinking, "Oh, please don't make a silly tackle here." Yeah, but El Bubakar Traore stayed on that pitch for the for the majority. Did he finish the game? I think he did, didn't he? He didn't get sent off in that game because I've never known a midfielder be so tenacious and just can't tackle to save his life. And I'm still yeah. aggravated about the only time I think I spent. I mean, this is I'm, I'm stupid with my money. I, I spent seventy five pound on him once to get booked at three to one away <laughs> at Brentford. He should have got booked in the first five minutes. The referee never booked him. And he ended up getting subbed just after half time. I've never forgiven him since because every other game he likes. I, I, I feel like he's got himself to be booked like between Packetar from West Ham, allegedly. Um, in the comments section, we've got um, Jonathan Broom saying uh, Wang is the goat. Uh, Nate Hughes saying, yes, boys, good to see Stu survive the trip home. Yeah. He said, massive trip home. That, that journey to Ipswich isn't for the faint-eyed. £20 for a Carabao Cup ticket is just ridiculous in my eyes. And then to sort of add that on top, Stu, Gary and I mean, doesn't even come over to clap you. <laughs> I mean, fair play. I mean, to take me 1,938, I think it was announced that how many people, how many Wolves fans are there. Obviously, you had a lot of London Wolves, but even so, getting from London to which is exactly next door, um, it was a ridiculous effort. I, I, I thought I will be able to have about 500 at best, but again, the fans turned out and they were loud to start with, and then it all went to shit. But 
that at the end was, <laughs> I couldn't believe what I was watching. Let alone what I'd already watched in the game, which was, you kind of expect it now, like we've already said. But at the end, what, it, you know, I only just didn't come over. So all the they all kind of milled around the centre circle as they do, shaking hands with each other. And then some of them came over and none of them went closer than the edge of the 18-yard box. Which again, you know, it's which you're in that kind of that Everton area kind of thing from viewpoint point of view. And so, yeah, you understand that they've been battered, they were raw, rubbish, they're going to get abused, but they all did it fine. Gary O'Neill came walking from the centre circle, ushered them across away from where they were to the tunnel, didn't look up at the, the fans once. <laughs> Not this is, I mean. So the reports on, on Twitter said, oh, he didn't acknowledge the fans. He actively got the players into the dressing room from when they were, when they were applauding the fans. Wang was the only one because he was all, still in the centre circle and he came over and he got cheered, and rightfully so, because he ran his arse off. Um, and Sasha kind of put his hands up and, again, he's not fit yet. Well, not, he's obviously not going to be, is he, for a while? But it was ridiculous. I've never seen anything like it. For a guy who's in serious danger from not just our social media rate, but from uh, almost universally now. It's just pure arrogance of the man. Well, what are you doing? This, yeah, you know you're going to get bollocked, and rightfully so. Just take it, put your hand up, fine. You accept it, walk off. But to do what he did, nah, unforgivable. Uh, Danny mentioned it a few moments ago that Pablo Sarabia gave uh, Gary O'Neill a bit of a uh, dissent as he got substituted. Apparently, Sasha Kalaj asked, asked to come off as well, like maybe due to like sort of fitness. Uh, like you just mentioned, where do where do we go from here with these group of players and this manager? Is there a relationship that can be repaired or? Like I said, I, I think he's on a hiding to nothing at the moment. I think the majority of the fan base didn't want him when he was first appointed. He's not getting the results. And if you're not getting the results, it doesn't matter if you've had periods in games where you've actually looked half decent and exciting. I still think the Man United away game probably gassed a lot of fans. Man United played into our hands with, with their centre midfield. Mm. It's basically just allowing us to just run through freely. Uh, Casemiro was still carrying some of that kebab holiday weight during that game but you, let's let's look at some sort of um gary o'neill's comments after the game last night uh he, he said when i arrived the culture of the club needed to shift there was a lot of individual focus and not team collective um he's mentioned that a few times now about players playing off the cuff and based on that first paragraph danny sounds like he wants robots not footballers to me hmm. Yeah, um, I presume we're going to get into our personal opinions where we think he should be sacked or staying a bit. Um, one comment he made after the Man United game that kind of res uh, stuck with me a bit, I thought we'd played superbly. Um, obviously, he couldn't finish chances, robbery and all that. He got complimented by um, someone interviewing him after, and I'm, I'm going to paraphrase him now. Uh, something along the lines of, yeah, that we was bombing forward, getting forward, playing off the cuff. And then he added, a little bit too much for my liking. And I'm like, well, remember what, does, what does that mean? Does that mean we was meant to sit in? Um, yeah, some of his comments in interviews, which former fans via social media told us would be very strange were strange like he's saying about the group it wasn't a good place when he come in what does that mean we don't expect him to tell us what everyone's having for breakfast and who they're sitting with but let us know call these players out has he had a leadership group forced on him i think we've painted ourselves in a bit of a corner with that leadership group by the way uh kilman is captain it's questionable whether he should even be playing but he's captain now, so can you drop him? Is Gary O'Neill a big enough character to drop him? I, I think, as you say, once things like that start with your leadership groups or your so-called bigger characters, I won't call them characters in our squad particularly, it, it, there's how often, it's not very often you get back. It seems like he wants, not just robots, he wants total command. It's like he, yeah. it's like... Not just because Dan's there. It's like almost complete little man syndrome. 
that he's because he knows how small he is in the grand scheme of the football world, yeah. and these players are way better than him and they, than he ever was. That he can't control them because they are Mavericks, and the Mavericks kept us up and had us in the in the form table second half of last season. And it's almost like okay, but you can't do this. You must stay with your role. And it's like, well, they're not going to. And like you said, I remember that that comment because it seemed odd, and it was almost like okay, he's kind of he's going to kind of keep the expectation down a little bit. But in hindsight, he looks like a bit of a like a Nazi general. So he wants everything his own way. Nazi general is a bit too far for me, Stu. But if that's what you're you're going with tonight, I might like like a Nazi general. I might try and crowbar some sort of hashtag in, like along them lines. But I can't go with Nazi general. That's that's on you. That is. Let's let's read some of these other comments in regards to the fans uh, asking us to stick with the group. We're six weeks in. When they arrived, the place was not right. The facts are, you need to put. Uh, things in place. There's no transfer window now. We need to get the best out of the group. Uh, he followed on. I was brought in six weeks ago and things weren't right. I'm trying to right those wrongs and improve us in the middle of the Premier League season. We still have plenty of work to do. Josh, what's your... <laughs> like I, said, I, I keep trying to put this across, like I, I mentioned a few moments ago. During some games this season, for me, we have been decent to watch and we've caused teams problems. And then you have like a five, 10 minute period where it's like, we're uh, I'm trying to think of a flipping team. Phoenix seniors over flipping Coldsley high school on a Sunday morning. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's, there's the, the, the capitulation or the cop, what, what did Dazzling Dave say? Cop, copulate. Copulation. Yeah. Copulation. <laughs> um, just, it's just disastrous, but, He's literally had six league games now. Was it seven? Six league games. He needs time, but like Stu said, now what's a group of the day? We've seen this happen so many times with managers where things are starting to become strained. And has he got it within him to turn the tide? I think that's the biggest. The biggest issue for me is there's no like body of work i think that dan butler said it on twitter yes i agree there's no like body of work that he's done before where you go okay he's had a tough spell at another club he's bought him through it he deserves time or anything like that you know whereas like if the odd time with lopetega i think we won about one game in about six under him it was like we're well, looking a bit dice and everything but you'd back him because he was a good enough manager and you've seen the body of work he's done to bring the team through it whereas o'neill it's like is this it? Are we really doomed from now on for me? And it's just, and obviously I think there's a little bit of, there's not much patience with him, myself included. I've got to say I'm sitting about here on the Gary O'Neill <laughs> meter. I'm sitting right at the very, like, get rid of him ASAP. <laughs> but uh, no, I just think it's, I just want to know, isn't it? Like, there's nothing to get behind. No one wanted him. The patience is even shorter because we did not want him at all. It's, it's just, it's one of them. They're not going to sack him now unless they lose like 7-0 to City, I don't think. They're going to get themselves a couple of weeks, isn't they? But, you know, let's hope the next guy is better. It's it's such a tough job for him. I, I made the comments. I think we had Johnny Phillips on the show and I said, like, you know, just, just be hypothetical for a second. If he did have a successful season, would you still, as a fan or the club, trust him with a war chest? And my answer was no. no. Like... I was going to message a Tottenham fan that I know earlier, big Tottenham fan, and ask him. Obviously, Gary, Gary O'Neill's played for some half-decent clubs in his career. I think he's played for like Tottenham, West Ham. Um, but can any of you tell me a game where he stood out and he's dragged the team to a win as a centre midfielder? Because to me, I think he might have been at Bolton Wonders as well. I can't remember a game. He would never have been in my fancy Premier League team as a bargain midfielder, I'll tell you that. <laughs> can any of you tell me a game that you remember of, from his playing career? He's the most magnolia paint ever. He, he's just he just he was there doing a, a job through his whole career, which again there's nothing wrong with that. But if you if you are in that kind of mould, you're not going to go extravagant, are you? Which can probably explains a lot of how he's taking his style into his managerial style, and he wants everyone to conform to this where it's supposed to be. <laughs> the difficult thing that I'm sort of struggling to get on 
in regards to sacking him at the moment is you don't want to go down to becoming sort of the next Watford, do you, where you change your managers every six games because things aren't going to your liking. Um, no, every manager has the new manager bench, don't they, when they come in? And we haven't had it yet, have we? <laughs> we don't We don't get it with managers, though, really. We don't no. tend to get that, do we? Um, I don't know. It's like, what do you, but what, you say, like, yeah, you don't want to come to Watford, fair enough, but then... What do you do? Do you give him obviously just after the international break? We've got like Bournemouth, Newcastle. We've got an easier run of games. Do you give him them games? He fucks them up, and then we are really in the shit, then aren't we? You know, at least at the minute, he's got the excuse of we've had some tough games. But like I say, you give him the crucial games, and then he fucks it, then we're done again, aren't we? He made another comment um, after the game last night, which is, I think, StreamYard's having a bit of a delay at the moment, where he said he, he picked a team that he felt was enough to win that game last night. And, like, we all looked at the team lineup a few moments ago. On paper, it, it should have been enough. But is he giving the players that he uh, started with last night too much credit, or are some of these players not playing for him, uh, Danny? <sighs> We don't know, do we? Um, as I said earlier, I think some of those players are good footballers. I've seen a lot of comments, people saying these players aren't as good as we think they are. I think they are. Um, what I never, ever, ever want to see again is people suggesting Bentley should be instead of Saar. Uh, he looked what, what he is. He's a mid-table championship goalkeeper. Brilliant. That's more talented than I'll ever be. Uh, probably anything in my life. But all three goals I could criticise him for. We now Sar's got a rick in him and ideally we will replace him. But I, th- I think O'Neill may have a point and he probably is aiming that at Bentley more than anyone when he's saying I'm disappointed in the goals he conceded. Buena probably didn't cover himself in glory. Is it the second goal? Ladapo run off him. But he hasn't played since May. Um, regarding whether the players are playing for him or not, you'd have to be a fly on the wall at Compton, I think. I looked on um, the stats for the game last night and obviously it wasn't very pleasant. Wolves had 13 shots, three on target. They have a bit of a player ratings on the um, on, on the Google browser where they go through the, the whole list of every player that played and Dan Bentley finished the game on a 2.7 out of 5-star rating, which was the lowest ranked, followed by Fabio Silva, who, who in 21 minutes spent... 19 minutes of those chasing their defenders around, trying to apologise for getting stuck into him. What was your thoughts on that, Stu? It, it was almost like when, you know, when you're at school and you, you have to go on the big playground and you don't want to, you don't want to piss off the big boys. It was like that. It was embarrassing, man. It, it was, there's patience with Fabio as well, that we've kind of, more hope than anything else that, oh, yeah, he went away last year and came back. And we think, well, yeah, okay, he's shown that he can do it. And he's exactly the same as he was when he left two years ago, maybe worse. And well, okay, he can't play through the middle on his own, fine, play him up there with someone else, play him on the, on the right or the left. But some of that stuff yesterday, like when he went in, he, he got tackled and then he got up and hugged the bloke. <laughs> and again, it was. It was like living in some kind of dream world. Like <laughs> nothing made any sense. And I, mean, I said like what Danny said about Bentley. I mean, I've I think the guy signed. I didn't get it. Made no sense at all. He's nowhere near good enough. Um but I think a lot of them players, I mean that comment about Tommy Doyle, he just doesn't look very good. He's not <laughs> he probably looks good for City, obviously, because he's got much better players around him. But put him in a fight like that, which is probably unfair. But then again, he played in the championship last year, so he should be more than capable of that. He looked, he looked like a little boy lost. And if that's the if that's the kind of reaction you're getting from a game that you're desperate to win, remember with that brilliant quote that he came out with last weekend. Um, I think the whole lost the dressing room. I, I don't think he had it in the first place. And you look at this, all this, all the stuff that's been going on. Like I said at the weekend about the game where they came out of the tunnel looking half-arsed in the first game of the season. Um, and then you look at the stuff that happened at Luton with Sasha not not shaking his hand. The fa- the reaction from the fans yesterday as well for when Juan was took off. I mean, you you don't get a chance if you don't know what you're doing and boos, loud, loud boos for a substitution for no reason in a Carabao Cup game. 
in your eighth game in charge for no reason, do you? Um, I think he's just talking out his ass, basically. <laughs> None of it made sense. Have you got the one that he said about when he was Bournemouth manager as well? Have you got that queued up then? Um, no. I, the other one of the comments he did, he did say was people will say, oh, they did fine last year, but the truth is they got 41 points last year and we made an £80 million profit on players this summer. We're £80 million short of where we were last season. Every weekend is not going to be rosy. We're going to suffer for some tough weekends and we're going to need to, track, to crack on and go again. What Stu um, did mention, which I've obviously forgot to put in there, was along the lines of he came to Wolves last season, saw what Wolves could and couldn't do, and it was going to be a lot of hard work was the way I was sort of paraphrasing. Is that right, Stu? I played that Wolves side when I was manager of Bournemouth fairly late on in the season, and I know exactly where it was and where and exactly what it could and couldn't do. The fuck does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> You look back to that game, Bournemouth had a clear game plan, which was executed where with their one shot on on target, which they scored. Wolves um, were a team that we're all that we're, we're all sort of well knowledgeable about that we struggle to break teams down because we've just got no sort of ingenuity in the final third when teams come at us with the low block. I just your mate was there last night, uh, Danny Jeff because he's no mate of mine. Um, what's going through his mind at the moment and where does Matt Hobbs stand in regards to being the, the sort of the forefront of disappointment of Gary O'Neill in your book? Um, well, Jeff's running out of people to blame, isn't he? Um, Scott Sellers had his last bullet for me and like you said, he's, yeah. he's, running out, he's running out of bulletproof vests for me now, Jeff Shees. I don't understand how he's still in a job. He's culpable for so much. There was a video yeah. that came out earlier on today saying that the fans need to trust them. They've, they've done well over the last five years, but I still think based on that first, that, that promotion season in the Championship, which was heavily Jorge Mendes-led with Neves, Jota and Bolly. What has Jeff Shee done as a chairman apart from get rid of Laurie Dalrymple, Kevin Farewell, and appoint Scott Sellers and other positions that they're not worthy of? Yeah, and and Rive season tickets every year, by the way. Um, yeah, he's run out of people to blame. Um, I, as you say, I don't know if he's still in the job. I don't know where HQ in Shanghai is still thinking he's the most suitable man. Um, in defence of Gary O'Neill, a lot of this mess predates him us not being able to score that was an issue this, this poor defending become an issue last season um in terms of Hobbs he's only just really taken control or an element of control and even then he was given what a week in the transfer window to have a look around the the bargain basement so I don't think we can judge Hobbs until we see the players we've bought in this summer have settled and how they're getting on I look at someone like Bellegarde he looks like he's got a lot of ability and talent. Um, obviously, let Buena settle in. So I think the heat stays off Hobbs. In terms of, we're saying he's the one who pointed O'Neill. We don't know what restrictions he had with managers. He was clearly given a list of, we need a manager who's out of work, who's not going to demand a lot, who hasn't got a big backroom staff. So when you filter all that in, he probably didn't have a lot to work with himself. I'm going back to another point that I've had in the back of my head now. You, you mentioned his backroom staff. As, as, as soon as Sean Derry was appointed to his backroom staff, for me, I felt we're in for a, a long, hard season. He's got a... He's got a what's the Edward word? It? He's got a extensive career playing football, Sean Derry, but not ever the type of centre midfielder I ever wanted to see in a wolf shirt, just rough and ready midfielder. Um I just would have like done said, last night though. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's a frustration. Like you said, it, it, it's, it's come as a, a cheap option. Obviously he was out of work at the time. Hasn't brought with him a massive backroom staff like Lopetegui did. To be honest, I was I was happy that Gary Arnold just didn't bring his like son or his brother with him like all the other managers previously <laughs> to be honest. But um like I said, it's just it's so frustrating. I've said it before. Wolves is a is a gold mine. If it was run properly, middle of the country, you could transport in all the plastic tourist fans you like with the HS2 links that I'm supposedly going to be coming in the next next few years. But Metro it's just well. a, it's, it's a shit show, isn't it? From yeah, new new metro line as well. Um, good point on that. Um, 
it's just frustrating. Just like you said a, a minute ago, Jeff Shea, Matt Hobbs sat in that away end last night. How much time are we giving Gary O'Neill at this moment? You've already mentioned he has to be probably given the, the majority of October, start of November, maybe. I don't know. I don't, if it was down to me right now, if you can get even a slight upgrade on him, I, I think you'd do it because it, it just there's just nothing to convince me that this is going to get any better anytime soon. And that's a big thing. You know, there's nothing to suggest that he's going to ch- turn that corner. I think, obviously, I'd say that if if it's me, I can see them, if they get battered by City, maybe looking at making a change, going into the international break. But you know what they'll do? They'll fuck around again like they do with Michael Beale. And then it'll be like a haphazard appointment. I just, I've got a, I'm a bit of a loss. I'm a bit bored of the club at the minute because it's just, if it's not, our own owners, it's our own manager, our own players, or it's VAR <laughs> shafting us in one way or another. I'm just fucking bored of it. When's it going to change? Look, you know, I think a lot of people have realised recently how good Nuno was and what we went with Nuno. I'm not going to go into that all, all of that. But you look and go, was that the best time supporting Wolves? And I think at the minute it looks like it's going to be, isn't it? I thought you were going to say, when's he going to stop Robbie then? You were so perhaps- he <laughs> it, it, it was going down that prime. He, he's got a go, Francie. Then for a moment, he like, was like, "We ain't won in, we ain't won in ten. Before that, we hadn't won one in eleven. Francie, he's got a go." Um, the comments and, and, and flooding in. It's mostly sort of uh, Fabio slander at the moment. Fabio is not cut for cut out for the Premier League. Uh, Mark Guest, Fabio is fit for Sunday mornings at Bantock Park. For those who, um, who who don't know much about me, I used to play for a, a gospel team for, on a Saturday afternoon, uh, Zion City Tabernacle. So I know all about Bantock Park. Yeah, useless. What? Used to, yeah, yeah, it's, it's it happened. I'll tell you another day. I, I used to play for <laughs> a, a gospel church. Yeah. Um, I did make the tweet last night, and we have had a Facebook comment saying, uh, "Get Nuno back." I did say on Twitter last night, if anyone says "Get Nuno back." get Nuno back, my head would implode because I even said I'd walk from Wolverhampton to Heathrow through Nettles to, to bring him back, but he ain't coming back. He ain't, he, ain't getting, he ain't coming back from that Saudi salary. He's not swapping Benzema and Kante for Fabio and Sarabia. He's gone, lads. Got lads and lasses. He's gone. He ain't coming back. It's You're pining for an ex that's moved on to sunnier climates now literally he's, <laughs> he's not coming back we had the um the question on our last post match um reaction from uh andrew caddick uh if you're in the gary o'neill out camp who would you replace with him it's there is a list of managers out there but like J- josh said just a slight upgrade would would be enough but any names out there for you danny that would if there was if you try and be as plausible as possible please what names out there would you accept at the moment well, if we're being plausible, so being plausible means what Fowlson would be willing to go and get, as that, well that's as pay. for me. That, that, and that yeah. restrictions massively. That hence how, how we've ended up with Gary O'Neill. Like, was that restriction yeah. so much for on on Matt Hobbs that right? Go and find us someone out of work who probably will do the job for about fifty grand a year and will pay his own petrol. <laughs> yeah. So, someone who Fawson are willing to get, as well as paying Gary O'Neill his three years contract off. It, this is what concerns me if we do sack him. I couldn't care less if they announce now they've sacked him, to be honest. Long term, Josh has already alluded to it. He's not going to be the man long term. Um, but I do worry what would be next. He's already the contingency after Lopetegui. So, then we're having another contingency. Um I don't know. I don't know what's out there. I don't want to think about what's out there that is plausible. That's we, massively we, worrying, isn't it, Dan? That we're looking for yeah. the contingency for the contingency. Yeah. Um, Stu Kessel in the comment section, would anyone consider Giovanni Van Bronckhorst, Stu? Maybe. I mean, no. uh, literally anyone you could name is better yeah. than Gary O'Neill. This is what <laughs> I'm going to say to you, and this is what I said yesterday, and this is what I said Three weeks ago, remember, that he's the worst manager in the league. Edwards is a better manager than Kicking bottom at Sheffield United is going to get sacked soon. Would be better than Gary O'Neill. I'm not saying get him in. I'm just saying that he would be better. 
this is where we are. We've got the worst manager in the Premier League by a long way. This is I'd rather get a guy in who's been spanked eight nil than have another mini nil. <laughs> <laughs> but again, there was there was they had eleven players out. They lost their two best ones, and there's circumstances there. But Sheffield United played some good stuff last year. They did. And he got them promoted, which is a lot more than Barry O'Neill's ever done. Being boring and keeping Bournemouth team up that have got some quality about them. Kind of left field idea. No, don't shoot this down. When Nuno left, I mentioned him then. And yeah, it, it didn't go great at his last club. But with the kind of players that we've got, I don't think I don't think it'd be as bad as people think it would be. And that's Jesse Marsh. And now I know what you're going to say Leeds were a, were a joke, which they are. But before he went to Leeds, he was still he was still highly thought of. So we could do a hell of a lot worse. Steve, uh, so just Steve, Stu's connection seems all right to me at the moment, but he is chatting absolute bollocks with Jesse Marsh. Um, <laughs> Thomas Conway, uh, again in the Facebook comments, I'm not sure whether it's any if, if this is either anywhere near plausible, Josh, but a Graham Potter for you. I think Potter's dream point, but more realistic, I think you've got to go foreign for me. I'll go back to, I know no one wants to go like Portuguese, whatever. I'll probably go. I said Vias Boas when Nuno left. He's still available. Maybe is it Vitor Pereira who nearly had the Everton job when Lampard joined? Uh, you know, honestly, like I say, anyone that is better than what we got at the minute for me. Um, someone with a bit of tactical nose and someone who knows how to control the game would literally be the checklist for me. But I, I obviously, like I say, Potter's the dream. They're not going to go and poach someone. They ain't got the money to do that. Um, like I say, I think. I wouldn't be against them going forward. Get to so being a bit of a crack in, you know, maybe having him in Derry in midfield or something like that just to bolster uh, see out the game. Has he just been appointed manager of Leon? Yeah. No, I don't think yeah, has he? They've had someone yes. else. Oh, I yesterday. I thought oh, he's just been appointed, appointed. I think he's been oh. appointed manager of Leon, Josh. I mean, you're talking about foreign managers there, Josh. And you told me offline you take Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. I wish I did. <laughs> Better than the, what we got now, mate. <laughs> well, I had a conversation yeah. with uh, one of my larger-than-life uh, colleagues at work today, and um, he asked the question, and this isn't even plausible because we'd have to pay compensation for him, but Danny, would you take Rob Edwards over Gary O'Neill? No, purely for the fact Rob Edwards annoys me. He just loves himself. I, I couldn't deal with watching those interviews every week. If you look like that, you'd love yourself, wouldn't you? Yeah, that's why I'm jealous. Yeah, it is. Oh, I thought exactly the same. And then when Daniels, I was like, if I had that head of air and those teeth, I'd, I'd love myself. The question is, is like, what manager out there is, is willing to take this job on with what appears a, a, a lack of expenditure that's going to be available come January? A team that, from the way Gary O'Neill's profile and it is so disjointed, they may as well play blindfolded. It's... It's a massive, massive couple of months of wars because I think you, you, if we're in that sort of bottom three, definitely the bottom two sort of come um, mid-November. I, 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 the, the, the toxic chance was happening last night, Stu, was that right? Oh, yeah, shit, must the, you be winning away, stuff like that. Yeah, uh, there was the chance you don't know what you're doing um, at the end. Um, when, he, when he walked away, there was a few wanker chances as well. You, you don't. That if you're away for Neil, yeah, well, that's that's an everyday occurrence. Um, but when you when your away fans turn on you, but it's always a bad sign when they turn on you after six weeks. You, this has happened before. Like the, the example I, I used yesterday, De Boer got sacked at Palace because he was awful. Um, they cut the losses. He didn't work. Fair games. Walk away. If we didn't have Pedro Neto in the form of his life, we'd have no points. <laughs> and that's not that's nothing to do with him. He's played him on the wrong side for half the games, and he's still the best player that we've got. <laughs> if it wasn't for him, we'd have nothing. <laughs> and he'd already be fighting a losing battle if he's not already. Um, I just you, think you, it's, you just it's... touched on Pedro Neto there, Stu. If he wasn't for the, the form of his life, we'd be struggling. And the fact that Huang's found a goal scoring spree as well which is why he had to play last night like he mentioned I, I don't think he could afford to play Pedro Neto last night but I bet he wish he had now 
Because, like I said, his job's on the line after six league games. The pressure was already on him from the moment he walked through the door. I just, I don't know where we go from here because be- before you know it, we're going to be literally needing games in hands and snookers to, to get to catch up <laughs> on the teams. It's going to be like last season. It's going to be, we're going to have to throw a Hail Mary and catch it, but you only get so many of them. And I feel like we caught ours last season, Lopetegui, and DSL's catching another one because you just caught at the minute, can you? Does anyone know the actual 100% terms with Lopetegui's mutual exit? Is he on gardening leave and there is a possibility of him returning with a war chest in January? Because, you know, I think that's the reason why Graham Potter hasn't taken a job because I think he's getting X amount of salary until he takes the next job. I think that's how a lot of managers' contracts work now, don't they? So I'm just being ridiculous now. Lopetegui ain't coming back. I'd love it just to wind up Gully, to be honest. Yeah, it'd be amazing. um, like I said, you look at the, some of the managers out there, there isn't really anyone that stands out unless people well, they, want Frank Lampard. They paid, they said that, didn't they? They paid him, they paid him half there. his salary. They paid him yeah. half his salary. So he had a two-year deal. He had two years left. So if they're paying him up, he's got a year left on his contract. So he's he's under, he's getting his check. Well, I was going to say getting his check. He's getting his, uh, his direct debit from Wolves every month. Um, until July, so <laughs> it, 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 <laughs> you imagine it, he'd give up on he give up on life. You're just laughing like a Dalek now, so you you need to sort your internet out. We're going to have a quick break where I'm just going to play a quick little video just so we can put our adverts in our on our audio episodes. Then we're going to talk about the upcoming weekend of fixtures, including Wolves at home to Man City. Be back in a second. <laughs> Welcome back. Thanks for joining us live on YouTube tonight on the Wolves Fancast channel at Wolves Fancast across all social media. I've got with me Danny Stu and Josh with me tonight. Just uh, the trail winners at home on Saturday, Danny. Uh, Manchester City, Pep Guardiola. They will be missing Kevin De Bruyne and Rodri, so hopefully we can keep it a competitive game. Yeah, I, I, I think the barometer for me this weekend is if I make it to my seat second half, that's just... a <laughs> If that, that's successful, that means they're actually trying and it, it's only two now. Um, not looking forward to it. It, it. I feel like it's Ivan Drago coming to town. There is going to be pain. Stu, was it you who posted the uh, Man City predicted betting goals on Saturday in our group today? What was the bet that stood out for you? Over four goals was eight to one, was it? Yeah, over five was 18. Um no one can see anything other than a thrashing, can they? Um, in, a, in a weird... In, this is how ridiculous it is. In a weird way, it wouldn't surprise me if we came out like a train again mm. um, and did the same thing and, and looked impressive for a little bit until it all falls apart. And then he gets something against Villa just to piss us all off so he stays here. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Man City... It's, to score so many against us at such long odds, I think just put your money on while you can because it, it it's obvious. Raymond with the uh, Gary had a dream to lose only 3 0 to City. Um, like I say, it's, it's going to be such a tough game, Man City, and an, an absolute juggernaut, aren't they? But like I mentioned, uh, Rodri suspended after uh, getting a red card for not strangling Morgan Gibbs White enough on Saturday. Um, Kevin De Bruyne is still out, but then you've got Erling Haaland, Julian Alvarez, Bernardo Silva, Jack Grealish, Jeremy Doku, Carl Walker, Ruben Diaz. Um, I, did the, I, did, I did make the joke to a Man City fan that Man City theoretically could play Edison defensive midfield instead of Rodri and put Ortega and goal on Saturday. And I still think we'd probably still struggle to be competitive against them because of that strong in possession and just breaking through the lines. Josh, how, how much are you fearing Saturday? Just, do, are, are you just, even in it? Are you even, do you even have any fear for the game Saturday, Josh? Or is it literally like, like me at the moment? I think, just a bit like meh to everything. You, you know what's coming, do you? I think... It's hanging before our season. It's just one of them. Keep it respectful. I think, and it, I, you know that three 0 If you offered me three 0 I'd probably take that. I'd probably say, you know, I'd, I'd take that decent result. Would really. you take a three 0 and Matthias Nunes scoring, Josh? 
Yeah, because it doesn't ask me that much. I don't really care. <laughs> what sort of uh, lineup are you looking at Saturday, Danny, based on the team that played last night? Obviously, Jose Sarr is obviously going to going to come straight back in the sticks, isn't he? Would you go? Would you go with a back five again, like last night? I mean, back eight, not back with John. Nine. Yeah, not not with Johnny centre back. I wouldn't. Um, uh, it might be a possibility. We might have to get Santi in there with Kilman and Dawson, but I, I just don't know. I don't know who you'd put in the centre. Maybe insulate Dawson a bit because his pace has completely gone. Uh, I, I don't think it matters. Formation or players, they're just, as you say, they're a juggernaut. I, I just want it over with. He's a bit... He has got a bit of a clumsy vibe to him, but for me, I really like... Um, Totti Gomez is just his, his efforts and his sort of resilience. Stu, would would he start for you on Saturday? Yeah, that back three of Totti, Kilman on the right, and Dawson in the middle. I think you, we, we saw that when I was way off, um, even and understandably so, like Danny said. Um, but yeah, I think we haven't got a choice. We can't play a back four against them, and also you got the, the if Doku plays, we know he's going to get the, the shit all game. So you need you need cover for Samedo somehow because he's going to be doing three people's job again, let, let alone two, if if you're in a back four. So I think you just have to go back five. And in that case, you bring Totti in. Yeah. Untitled 893 in the comment section wants a back four of uh, Matt Doherty right back, Kilman Dawson in the middle with Totti left back. Josh, where's who's your defensive uh, lineup on Saturday? Well, I'd, if it was me, I'd give out with 10 men because all the strikers are absolute wank so there's no point playing any of them maybe stick that out was, that was my expression Josh to be fair who, who's leading it, number 9 on Saturday because it, as much I'd, as I like I'd just play 6 defenders <laughs> honestly defenders. I really would I'd, I, I'd play Quang and Neto up front then that'll do for me I mastered the 361B formation on Pro Evolution back in the day which was basically 9 defenders and then Wars wasn't on the Pro Evolution I'm talking about here. I used to be Crystal Palace and I had, had, had Andy Johnson up front on his own and he just used to counter all the time. I think we, we are going to have to just dig in deep on Saturday, try and frustrate them, do the classic, try and beat Man City on the counter-attack in the, in the latter parts of the game. But like Peter Yami, MS54, has just said, I can see the South Bank kicking off um, against, uh, against at, at the game on Saturday. Obviously, we were hoping the return of Mateus Nunes was going to get the fans on side, try and give us a bit of... Uh, you know, us against their mentality, try and get us beyond the team, but it's going to be a tough ask for the fans to stay on side on Saturday, Danny. Yeah, I don't think they will kick off. I just think they'll walk out, to be honest. I, 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 it's gone past anger now with the club, as I say, this predates Gary O'Neill, and it, it's it's in the territory of apathy now. Um, on and off the field, we're just all fed up. And it's Man City, so you don't really want to start kicking the lads while they're already down so people just walk out um it's a sad state of affairs as josh said earlier we're all just fed up it is literally that i said it the other day you look at sort of birmingham city at the moment and i'm not saying i'm jealous of birmingham city in the slightest but they've just had a a, a new takeover they've got optimism in the club them redoing the stadium by the minute we won't talk about the bollards that were in molyneux we've talked about it enough if they can't even get the bollards right how, how are they ever going to improve things all at, you at, do at... is just look at villa like i know it's but look they've had they got into europe they got into the fucking third rate european competition and they went and spent 200 million quid Look, where was that from us when we had the chance to kick on and get some better players? And it's just, I look at Villa and I'm just jealous. I'm totally, I'm just jealous because it's like, man, you know, won four at the first six Premier League games. We've got a top class manager. Players want to play for the club. The biggest issue they've got at the minute is the players' shirts and too heavy because they sweat that much. Our players, we don't even know if they're that like that because none of them run around enough to sweat that much. <laughs> it is. It's, it's laughable, isn't it? Um, it's going to be so tough on Saturday. Man City have uh, got a uh, Red Bull Leipzig uh, midweek next week, so hopefully they they get a bit relaxed in the second half and we can try and nick a point or something because as much as we're not 
great defensive at the moment. We're still not really convinced in the final third, are we? I know we've got Pedro Neto and um, and Huangu in form at the moment, but to keep this Man City juggernaut out of our, our net for, for 90 minutes is probably the biggest task that we've had in, in recent years because I just I think last season was it four nil? Two three nils, wasn't it? Was it yeah, uh we got beat four nil arm to arm to Leicester, didn't we? It's gonna be so difficult. Um might as well just do it. Stu, your score prediction for Saturday. Four nil city. Danny. Five one. Fair play, five one walls Danny's going for. <laughs> even if even if we had an extra man, I just I, I, I think we're gonna struggle against Man City. Um Josh, your score prediction. Uh 3-0. I think I'll get 3-0. I'm a little bit, I'm at the point with us now, and I've disliked the man that much. I'm at the point where I wouldn't mind us seeing us getting absolutely battered to the point where it means it's like laughable and the man just gotta get sacked. You know, it's, I think he's got that bad way. It's just like I'm so unasked about watching Gary O'Neill. I'm like, you know, if he lose six or seven nil, is that gonna mean he's sacked? If it does, then is it is it the worst thing in the world? You can't fault Gary, to be honest. I mean, he's brought goals to Molyneux. At least, like, you know, under... under yeah, you know, they're you know, entertaining like, we, the games, having, we were having so many nil-nils. We never even started attacking teams until the 60th minute under Nuno in that last season, which people just miraculously forgot about, losing 3 to arm to the Albion, 4-0 at arm to Burnley. But, yeah, getting back. Um, thanks for joining us on the Wolves Fancast tonight, at Wolves Fancast and all social media. <laughs> I'm just going to read a couple more comments before uh, I call it a night. Uh Nate Hughes uh, saying that Villa are losing 2-0 at home to Everton. Like Josh mentioned, they're in, they're in the Espadrille Cup or whatever they're in at the moment. So, <laughs> I have to give an absolute toss about the Philippine character. <laughs> um, Peter Yamin, 54. Knowing she, Hobbs will get Warnock or Dean Smith or Big Sam in. Uh, Wolves can score some early goals and, and watch us blow away in the wind. 5-3 City. I mean, that's plausible. We, we could probably go 1-0 up on, on Saturday and then... Um, it's 1-0 Newcastle, so Pep's going to be seeking revenge. Yeah. <laughs> God help us. Thanks for joining us, as always. Me, Danny, Josh and Stu, thank you for joining us. Please press the like button on your way out. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. We'll be back on Sunday to talk about all the goals that happened at Molyneux on Saturday. Enjoy the rest of your week. Check in on your mates. Tell your loved ones that you love them. We'll see you soon.